Man, so I'm I'm uh, I'm picking up our our new merchandise here soon. Uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. I mean, it, maybe you'll stop busting my chops over here about paying me for your fucking merchandise and not having it yet. I'm ready to uh, wear wear that hat, sir. <clears throat> what what is it, um, sir? Sir, I would like you to wear the hat and uh, display the colors proudly. Thank you, sir. I don't like your tone. You're being very condescending. I don't like your tone. Where the hell is Josh? I fucking question late. That dude's been late. That dude was late to his own birth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> I was outside trying to park my car, and I couldn't find the keys. <laughs> and then, anyways, are we gonna start this thing or what? We can get going. Uh, okay. So yeah, I mean, so you're feeling better. It sounds like. Um, yeah, I'm feeling fine. Why? Over your herpesyphilitis or whatever the hell you had. Listen, listen. I I got bit by that weird spider. And now I'm feeling. No, you, let's great. let's be honest about what really happened. You were up in the woods going camping. You caught scurvy by a beaver. Scurvy dog. No, I got bit by a spider, but mm, I think it was the Slim Jims that did it to me. Slim. Okay. Well, I mean, you're Randy this morning for sure. You guys ready to hop on this thing? Let's go. Come on. All right. Josh, I really am worrying about you. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Dirt Buckle Report. That is it. You found us. You've been searching high and low for all the airwaves. Where can I find all the greatest in wrestling today? Well, you found it. The Turnbuckle Report and presenting it to you today, the people's host, Leland. That's me. Feeling randy this morning. Feeling great this morning. I cannot feel this good without my two co-hosts. First, to my immediate left, the guy, Chad. What's up, brother? How's it going, man? I am the scarehouse daddy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good He's to be here. He's a scary daddy. He's the a scary, scary daddy. daddy. It is good to be here. Um, thanks for having me on your show. Here's the thing, folks. If you're in in really in a good need for some scary stuff, and and maybe you just overall like being scared of a daddy figure, you're really gonna want to get over there on Monday evenings and listen to Scarecast with our with the guy. But before I plug too hard, let's go to Friday. There's a now. certain individual that's been in my mind that see has been taking over my brainwaves, daddy. The dog cast father himself, Joshua. Listen, 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 my dudes. What is up? You know what's up. This big old Michael you know, Estral. Whoa, big old whoa! Fork. This is a friendly I'm pasta. <laughs> You're eating pasta at eight in the morning. No, I'm not eating pasta. I mean the ravioli, ravioli. I wish I was eating ravioli. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. There's nothing like a good. Chicken bacon carbonara with a fried egg on top. Boom! Let me tell you, let me just, let me just put it out there what the best thing is. It's the chicken cavatappi. I like it with a little <laughs> bit of the spinach and garlic. You gotta have it the at garlic. 8 a.m. with the sticks. It's just to mm-hmm. die the for. The sticks. You eat your pasta with chopsticks? Breadsticks, actually. I hold two breadsticks together. I feel it's more authentic. <laughs> you hold two breadsticks and just grab your pasta do, and, yeah. just, and just shovel it in. Basically, your mouth. I just I just tip the plate to the side and just let the breadsticks do its work. I let gravity go. I, oh yeah. 
I know we're a wrestling podcast, and and we'll get to that. Where do you guys stand on the fried egg on top of your food? Oh, man, I love to go out and grill a burger mm. and come in the house, put a fried egg mm. right on top of it. I like a little to lettuce, tomato, too. and just eat the hell out of it. I, I think fried egg is probably one of the best things ever invented, and I know you're the one that invented it, too, people's host. I did. I feel like I did. I've been putting fried <laughs> eggs on everything for every every ever since I was like five years old. So that's why eating, I have a bit beans? of a weight problem. A can of beans, you put fried egg on top of the beans. Of course, more protein. All right, Fair that's enough. a no question. Dog father, where do you stand on these eggs? I love eggs, man. I could put eggs on my toast, mm-hmm. on my burgers. I'm not a big fan of it on my noodles, but I like it in my rice. Really? Yeah, I don't really like it on my noodles. Not really. Like scrambled like, eggs inside noodles so is pretty good. I was uh, formerly known as a chef at one point in my life. When you were Italian. When I was Italian. I don't know that that ever really leaves you, but I feel, you know, I've been, I'm in food service for those who don't know. I, uh, I my uh, employment is food service, uh, but a different kind of food service. I'm not going to get into that. That just bore everybody like it has me for the last 11 years. Uh, 12 years, actually. I, when I was a chef... I used to make this dish called Loco Moco, and it was an, uh, a Hawaiian dish. The chef that I kind of came up under was a was a, he wasn't Hawaiian, but he was influenced by that that culture and that food. So anyway, this dish consisted of white rice. You pick the meat. Usually, it was like a nice hearty hamburger patty, right? Right on top, grilled onions, brown gravy, fried egg on top of that. That was a Hawaiian Samoan breakfast, buddy. That sounds amazing to me. That does it sound really was, good. It was amazing. It was super hearty, super like rib sticking. I, I don't know. I uh, here's the th- I have a bit of a weight problem, and uh, it goes back to the locomocos early in the morning. That's where I stand with the eggs. I love them. We have totally derailed, but I do love it. No, you did. You did segue. You said Samoan. I have a question for both of you guys. Do you feel like SmackDown is hurting without Roman Reigns right now? Because I caught SmackDown this week. I enjoyed it, but I felt something was missing. And then I sat by and I started thinking, what is missing in this show? Like, we've got Otis going against Corbin, which is whatever. Otis doesn't move around in the ring so great. You know, Corbin did what he could to make, you know, to sell the match. But I realized I was like, oh shit, we're they're they legitimately need Roman back on SmackDown. Like, either that or they got to put, uh, you know, somebody a little more versatile in the ring. Other than, I don't know, maybe, maybe you'll be disappointed when I say this, but can Otis carry the show? I don't, I don't think so, man. I feel like they need, they need the big dog to come back on the show. Well, speaking of the big dog, I think that you're along the right lines when you say Samoan. Uh, but you're thinking of the wrong one. SmackDown's hurting because there's no Samoa Joe, not Roman Reigns. That too. Mm-hmm. And that unfortunately, too. that's where my mind was going too. It looks like he's getting tazzed. And in the WWE, that means <laughs> totally that they is. take their guy, who everybody likes, and puts him as a commentator. So and he's literally. Hey, let's be tazzed. fair. The first person to get tazzed was Macho. So maybe we should call it getting Macho. Oh, yep. <laughs> Something like that. No, I, I. You know what? I don't care that Roman Reigns is gone, and I, it goes back to one simple thing for me. I don't like him. I don't like 
the the character that they created. I've said this a hundred thousand times on the show, so I don't miss Roman Reigns. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. I do think Otis could carry the show, but they're making him too funny. So okay, if I could dig in here for a second, Otis to me is the Chris Farley of SmackDown right now. He's got that same kind of humor, that slapstick, that fall over coffee tables. He's in love with the pretty girl, and she seems to be giving him some play. I mean, are these two really dating? No. I, I, I don't know, man. They're not. Because they're like on... They're like outside on, the ring a lot, too. There's yeah, like they're doing TikToks together all the time, and, and I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something going on there. I mean, They're saving K-Fed in today's standards. She does have a boyfriend. I think she actually might be already be married. Oh, wow. Well, then they're playing kayfabe to the max, man, because there's but a lot of, like, her boyfriend did just recently too. come out and say he's okay with everything that's going on. He thinks that it's a funny angle. Are you the? Are you married to Mandy Rose? How do you know all this? Let me tell you how I know that. <laughs> I follow her on Twitter. <laughs> oh. I mean, who well, wouldn't follow in, her on insightful. Twitter, by the way? Yeah. 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 Uh, TikTok would be a little better. She I follow is her really there, active there too. on TikTok. She is just too yeah, thirsty apparently. on TikTok. Here's okay. Mandy Rose is way too thirsty. Her clothes don't follow her on TikTok. They always seem to be off. That's she why I follow her. She'll she'll find her some don't. hit dance that's going on. <laughs> she'll find some something that's going on that's hit on TikTok, and then she'll like try to mimic it, and it's just done poorly. And all she she's just too thirsty on there. That's all it is. What would well, you guys get SmackDown this week? Uh, by the way. Did you give it a good grade at all? Because I'm going to give it a, a solid C. I think that's fair. I think I mean, that's the fair. Braun Strowman angle with Miz and Morrison to me was just too yeah. campy. I wasn't enjoying that. Like they went out and hit his windshield with bats and freaking golf clubs. I'm like, okay, that's great. <clears throat> all you're doing is pissing this dude off. We know what he's going to do. He's going to find your stupid ass van and he's going to flip it over. And that's exactly what happened. Too predictable. Wasn't entertained by it. Solid C plus. Well, I think a C is fair. Um, I like to see that our our idea, our Mongol idea, is moving along nicely on SmackDown. So you're welcome, WWE. Yeah. Uh, you know. Anyway, I don't. SmackDown had points that I enjoyed, but um, overall, yeah, it was it was kind of a forgettable show to me, honestly. And I hate to say that because they have been they have been pretty good lately. But yeah, it was kind of forgettable. What wasn't right. forgettable for me is uh, NXT was fire. Um, and I'll tell you one thing that really jumped out off the page for me with NXT. You know, Adam Cole has been the NXT champion now, as of today, the day we're recording, uh, 371 days. That is not only the longest reigning NXT champion, that's the longest champion in WWE we've seen in a very long time. Why is he getting that kind of notoriety? Why is he getting that push? And we haven't seen a push like this in over 20 years. Because they're trying to make the new Shawn Michaels and they want him perfect before they move him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they want him to go up Nail too on the head and then crash and burn like most do when they feel like they're ready. Yep. Like, I think they're doing the same thing with Keith Lee right now. Trying to help continue to mature his abilities. <clears throat> make sure his mic skills continue to, to work. His in-ring work has continued to be flawless, and then move him up. I'd hate to see Keith Lee come up too soon. Same with Adam Cole. I, I really feel like those two gentlemen could be. What do you big mean when you guys. say come up, though? Well, come up to 
like getting more the main of the roster. SmackDown rub. Um, see, that's not the even problem, bring up though. Like, I, I don't like want to see any of these NXT. guys. I don't want to see any of these guys leave NXT. I think NXT is the best show that WWE has right now, uh, and they should be proud. There's a reason we saw Finn Balor jump ship quick, because getting on that main roster, per se, getting on that SmackDown, that Raw roster, you drowned out. Because, first of all, the creative is, is utter shit. He goes back to NXT and all of a sudden becomes a viable character again. We haven't seen the demon come back yet, and I don't know if we will. I don't know if it's needed at this point. I'm entertained by Finn Balor. And now we have Charlotte Flair coming back to NXT uh, to to hold that belt and or hold the title. And, and man, she's doing great with it. She's doing exactly what we predicted on this show, that she was going to get that title and then she's going to start putting over that female um, the, the female wrestlers over there. And, and I'll tell you, Rhea Ripley's definitely better for it. She now looks like a legitimate contender going into in your house this, this Sunday. I feel like that should have been Daniel Bryan doing that as well. On that roster, with their mid card belt, their worker belt, put him on NXT and just start putting those guys over. They're trying to do that on SmackDown. You can clearly see that between him and AJ. But I always felt like that would have been an amazing role for Daniel Bryan to have on NXT that did not happen. It just kind of fell through. Dude, Daniel Bryan is such a dead character right now, though. I feel like he's the. They could. He's so dead. They should change his character to the Blue Blazer. Oh, I mean, they got him on there with Drew Gulak. And Gulak is is looking fire right now, but I feel like their angle is a little a little light on the pilot. Well, I mean, my case in point with this WWE creative though, and we've talked about it over and over. Look at Bray Wyatt right now. What the hell is Bray Wyatt doing? He's completely fizzled out. How does somebody go from being on top? And you can't tell me this is COVID. This this for me it goes back to the Miz. Do you remember a few months ago? This is leading up to WrestleMania. They had a bit of an angle there where The Fiend was going into the Miz's house and, and just messing with things. They alluded to that he was, you know, maybe going to attempt to kidnap his baby or whatever it was. When that storyline was happening, man, I was invested. I wanted to see where that was going to go. The Miz sold it well that that next day on air. Um, it looked legitimate. It looked like we literally had a blood feud going on here that was going to turn into something. I just feel like WWE creative... The best cliche I can give them is they're silver miners. Being from Colorado, you guys being from Colorado, you know all about the mining scene. That's that's what created the Colorado. It was taught taught in our history uh, growing up. Silver miners, they ain't mining for gold. They don't know what to do when they've got the gold. That's what WWE is doing. Every now and then they'll find little chunks of gold. They don't know what the hell to do with it. They just throw it away. And that throwing it away has turned into going into AEW. Now we have FTR over there, and I know you guys aren't aren't high on them. I know you're not big on the revival, but are you big on fuck the revival? Because these guys are fire. They're fire over there right now. They're already cutting old brain buster type of promos. Uh, they're cutting angles right now. They're, everybody wants to see them with the young bucks, and they're not even selling that. They're saying screw that stuff. We're, we're gonna we're gonna plow through everybody else, and then maybe give the young bucks. The Revival has, I'm sorry, FTR has this great promo, this great sit-down with Tony Schiavone. I know you guys heard it. The biggest thing that stood out to me in there is they look right at Tony Schiavone when they're asked about the Young Bucks and simply says, we don't want to have a match with them. We don't want to have the greatest match with them. We want to beat their ass in three minutes and call it good. That is old-school heel tag team. That is exactly what AEW needed. They are fitting into their place perfectly. Prove me wrong. 
In my personal opinion, I feel like they would have done better if they would have went to power. That's complete silence. Not because we agree with you. I couldn't. Because I was power. trying to think of something on that. I, was like, <laughs> I even took a second to be like, yeah, Josh, you're right. They would, And then I was like, huh? <laughs> I want to hear that part. Why, why would they do better on power? I, th- I don't know. I feel like they're more of like a power tag team because they're kind of like, just like what Leland said, they're kind of the old school, like, beat em up dudes. And they just kind of have that old school power, like back when Rick Ric Flair was there and all that stuff. <clears throat> it just kind of has that vibe to it to me. But that's you know, what they, AEW they, they were the needed, tag team though. of the year right. once, right? Exactly. That's what so, I mean, the it makes FTR movement. Well, it makes perfect sense for him to go onto AEW because they kind of needed to pull a little bit of the power aspect in there. But uh, yeah, all their tag teams are high flyers. They are. So they they needed that NWA style of the bash them up, beat them up tag team, which is good. Let me ask you this though: what, how much, how much investment do you think they would do in a reincarnation of the Four Horsemen that I keep seeing on our our page that I know you've been posting on there? So do you think that's a possibility with Cody and and FTR and uh, the Chairman? Like possibility? Do you think they'll bring the something back like that? Team maybe of all time. No, I'm kidding you. It probably wouldn't be the best faction. But it, I mean, I feel like I would be more invested in FTR at that point if they reincarnated the Four Horsemen. So are you wanting? However, to re- re- I'm not sold, but that I would be more invested. Do you want them to remake the Four Horsemen so that they can have an opposing faction to fight the Inner Circle? Is that kind of what you're going for? Well, they already have the elite, so it would feel like it was saturation. But yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, maybe like, a little more. I well, think there would be a lot of pop factor. If they know? go to the, to the four horsemen, the elite would probably be disbanded, or it would just go to a three-way, which would just be Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. I think there's a question you guys aren't asking yourself: is if they do bring back the four horsemen, which I'm very intrigued by, is the four horsemen going to be a traditional heel faction, or are they going to be a babyface faction? Because at this point, you have the most over heel heel tag team in FTR in AEW already. To do that, you'd have to take and turn Cody heel, which they're not going to do. This guy's more baby... He's he's an over babyface right now. I think they're going to have him... I think they're going to remake the Four Horsemen as a babyface faction. Yeah, if they they do that, I would be interested to see... But but then the Elite has to go away, right? They don't have to go away, but it'll, it'll completely push them down. Well, think about this for a second, guys. Think about this. You got... Adam Hangman Page kind of doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. The the you know the Young Bucks are going against him. They were kind of having issues with Kenny Omega. Even the Young Bucks were fighting against each other over all this. There and then Cody's kind of pulled away. There there already appears to be some disbanding going on. Other than they needed to fill in you know forty five minutes of time on a pay per view. They had the Elite versus the Inner Circle. Outside of that, it has prior to felt like it was a disbanding faction. So it's entirely possible that's exactly what's happening here. Is they're disbanding the elite. Cody's going to find himself in this this other faction, which I feel like there's quite a few factions on AEW already. Too many. Um, but do they have a powerhouse faction outside the inner circle yet? No. And maybe the Four Horsemen or the reincarnation of the Four Horsemen could be something like that. I just don't know how much investment AEW is actually going to put in that, considering how powerful the Four Horsemen were in their day with Ric Flair. So, it's a cool thing. I would definitely get behind it. 
am I sold on it? I'm not 100% sure because FTR is in the conversation. As you both know, I'm not sold on FTR. Well, only time will tell what's going to happen to this faction. And speaking of time, we all took the time this week and watched The Dark Side of the Ring, the finale of Season 2. Is that what two. we're supposed to do? The epi- Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> the Owen Hart. I know you watched it. We all talked about it. The Owen Hart episode. Man, I'll tell you, when we started this series here on the Turnbuckle Report, talking about The Dark Side of the Ring, um, <clears throat> it became difficult at first to, to really get into scripting this because we're, we're pretty upbeat, you know, um, talk show where we like to have fun we like to poke fun and and all things above but talking seriously about some of these tragedies man it's it's been a little difficult and i'll i'll tell you i thought benoit talking about that was difficult watching the owen hart episode i watched it twice this week um not that it was tough to find content it was tough to get through it for me this episode was insane it was Hard to get through because of all the emotion, um, but I, I, you know, I, I found a few points that really jumped out, jumped off the paper to me. Uh, a few, a few things that everybody was saying about it. Um, it kind of twisted me up though, because you know, growing up, I was such a Bret Hart fan, and I guess I just didn't take an account Owen. I, I, I was always that ground and pound. It kind of gets back, you know, we're talking about FTR and being that ground and pound. It's the same thing with with uh, the technical wrestling with Bret Hart. I was never really a high flyer, but uh, I know you guys were over on high flyers. Um, what was your early on your Bret Hart uh, thoughts? I'm sorry, Owen Hart thoughts. I just want to say real quick. <clears throat> I, I looked at this from an angle of how many people this impacted. You know, I, I know I know you're trying to get up to the lead up, but I just want to say you know with with. With Owen Hart, as much talent as he had as a high flyer and the technical wrestling and coming from the Hart Foundation and, and the, or the, the Hart family, to see how much impact he had on people's lives in the WWE or in wrestling in general, even Chris Jericho, uh, who, who was, I think he was with WCW at that time. I can't recall if he had come over yet in 99. Maybe he had. No, he came over in 2000. He was the Y2J. Right. And so to see how much impact Owen Hart had on all these people's lives... Even people he hadn't wrestled or even really had a lot of contact with. It's amazing. So, obviously a great man. Second of all, his death, how much that impacted somebody. Like, JR. You know, mm-hmm. JR said that's with him forever. He, he says he still sits at ringside, and he can picture that in his mind every match, every time he sits in front of commentary. He thinks about it every time. And that's 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 got to be tough for somebody to sit there and think about that moment every time you sit in front of the mic to do your job. You know, and, and Jr. had a, a profound statement in this um, in this episode. He, he, I quote: "He says the WWE's creative ran out of ideas for a pure wrestler, a pure pro wrestler. How yes. the hell does that happen? How do you have an Owen Hart and you've ran out of ideas? That's why we see him in this Blue Blazer act. You use bullshit. that Blue Blazer as a way to turn into what Sting is doing on WCW as a comedy act, and the man mm-hmm. loses his life over it." It was senseless, it was pointless, and there was no reason for it. You have one of the best high-flyer technical wrestlers on your roster, and you're turning him into a comedy act to combat against Sting on WCW. It makes no fucking sense to me. It was stupidity. This is one of the rare times I'll agree with Cornette. That was a senseless, stupid bit. Yeah, I was just happy to see Cornette on on air not taking a shit on everything. Um, Yeah. 
actually showing some genuine emotion. I appreciate that. I got to think that early on in your life, Josh, Owen Hart had some kind of effect on you. That that, that, that style of wrestling really impacted you. For one, I'd like to say that your tone is a little condescending. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I mean... <clears throat> to be honest with you, I wasn't actually watching wrestling at the time that Owen Hart was. He died about two years before I actually started watching wrestling, which is unfortunate because later on now I've seen, you know, Owen Hart. And I've seen what he was able to do. And Chris Jericho really opened my eyes to that is think about when he died. He died two years before Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, all those guys were going to get over there. You know, all the Kurt Angle. I mean, he was... Mm-hmm losing his drive to wrestle but i believe if he could have stuck it out for two more years wrestling would have mm-hmm. wwe i mean that would have been an amazing time can you imagine Owen wasn't Hart, that profound crispin yeah I, i'm sorry i was just i was just kind of elaborating on that it was so profound when jericho kind of opened the eyes to that if you know if he would have just been around just a year later mm-hmm. all these guys show up on the scene and you would have totally seen a resurgence of owen hart and i feel like i'm not trying to steal your thunder but i i guess i am I feel like if that would have happened, Bret Hart would have been a distant memory. Bret Hart would have even been in nothing. my eyes. Yeah, yeah, no, he, yeah, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have even been the most profound brother of the whole heart. I mean, now when everybody mm-hmm. thinks of the heart, they're like, oh yeah, it's Bret, blah, blah blah blah. But I believe Owen would have opened everybody's eyes to that. I feel like what's funny too is everyone kind of thinks that because like <clears throat> how Chris Jericho was saying, he kind of thinks that he would have been like. Crispin Wash style, all that stuff. I actually feel like he would have been more like an Edge character, to be honest. I feel like he would have been like a high flying Edge, almost like a Matt I can Hardy. See that. Almost like a Matt Hardy, actually. Yeah. So I, I feel not like woken Matt Hardy. I feel like that. Well, yeah, whatever. I feel like that's or not Matt Hardy. Sorry, Jeff Hardy. He would have been like Jeff Hardy. Oh, okay. To me, yeah, I can see that. Um, mm-hmm. which is super unfortunate. It's unfortunate that the. WWE on every episode of Dark Side of the Ring, I lose more and more respect for them and how shitty they handle everything. I mean, they literally handle yeah. every situation the worst possible. And the reason why I opened up when you asked, when you said all that, was because that was his question. He's like asking him all these questions. And he just goes, First off, I find your tone kind of condescending. What the f? You still. Is that because you're still trying to figure out how you could justify that you guys went cheap on suspending someone 45 feet in the air? Like, uh, I want to save a couple dollars so he could unhook his harness two seconds faster. Yeah. Okay. No, how about you not work? That shows the I'm, ego, though, right? 100%. He wanted it yeah. to be two seconds faster than WCW, and he's too fucking stubborn mm-hmm. to admit it. That's all. Yeah. And instead, it killed And they come to find out in the police investigation. Else, about that, yeah. too? I, I know you guys were talking about the resurgence, right? When the WCW was coming over? That there's another heartbreaking story involved in this too that they didn't really touch on a lot was Davy Boy Smith. These are my notes. This is what I came up with. And with Davy Boy, even though he passed away of a heart attack three years later, think about those guys coming over and Owen was still alive and you have the British Bulldog involved in the mix. Just think about what could have been going on at that time, man. You yeah. have Davy Boy, Owen Hart, you've got Benoit, uh, Eddie coming over, Jericho. Think about what could have been going on in those days if they had been smarter with character development and not taking these high-risk bullshit to compete with another company. It could have been well, it, amazing I mean, it's, wrestling. It's not even being smarter. It's being safer. Yeah. Sting was doing this gimmick for years. 
for years. I think on his own accord, right? He wanted to do that. That's something yeah. he volunteered yeah. to do, not was pushed to do, if I'm not mistaken. And the WCW had the best people, the best riggers in the business, uh, legitimately, to do that because they didn't want Sting to fall to his death. Well, right. here's I, the... I just don't understand how that was so negligent, how that was so pushed aside. And, and then, as you said, Josh, it was just smugly written off by Vince McMahon and, and the, the fucking lawyers that he employs. He couldn't even answer the question. His his only rebuttal was, Miss, I don't like your tone. Like, she asked a legitimate sure. question about yeah. safety and concern of your well-being of your wrestlers. Not the almighty dollar, but somebody's human fucking life. Well, that the part was more that everybody's overlooking, and he didn't have an though, answer. On all that is is the, the total fact that everyone's like, well, imagine what the WWE would, would be like. Now, let's actually t- take a step back and think about what was actually going on during that time, though. Bret Hart just left. And the Hart family is the most locked-in family there ever is in wrestling. So the more logical aspect on this is if he's losing his drive for wrestling, WWE already has him as the Blue Blazer, they probably either A, would have cut him, or he would have left to go to WCW. Now, at this point, Mm -hmm. WWE had not bought them out yet. So imagine that if the good creators over at WCW could have got their hands on this guy, that means that Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho would never have left WCW, and the entire dynamic of wrestling as we know it would be completely different. And that's the aspect that is so much bigger. It's the what if of Owen Hart dying is the biggest what if in wrestling. This is what I was saying. Full circle. See how much Owen Hart's life touched others. His his death caused a big chain reaction, and it's super unfortunate because he had such an impact. Not a lot of people saw it at the time. But years later, you can see the huge impact this man had on wrestling and him him having better safety and had lived through that incident. Look what where wrestling would have been. And maybe that's selfishness on my part, thinking like, oh, if he'd lived, wrestling had been like this. A wife lost, the, lost, her, lost her husband. Children lost mm-hmm. their father. That is the most impactful part of this, too, as well. And we lost And to see blazer. with his wife where she was like, you know, ready to attack the WWE. Like, hey, this was poor rigging poor investment poor everything i don't blame her for saying she doesn't want owen hart's name attached to hall of fame with the wcw or wwe i don't blame her one bit i don't know how you guys feel about that but i don't blame her for not wanting his name in there parts of me are like no just let him be in the hall of fame like he earned it that's that's what he worked for that's that was his life's work why not just give that name out there i can see her point of view let me answer that let me answer that I feel before I watch the show that it is a disservice to not have Owen Hart in the WWE Hall of Fame. And then one thing changed my mind completely on this whole subject. When they open the open our eyes to the minutes, the seconds after the accident, why did the show go on? Why wasn't it declared a crime scene? Why wasn't, why didn't the police look at it as they would any other death? They don't know that it's accidental. They don't know that it's, it's a murder. They don't know these things. The only way you know these things is by shutting it down and opening an active investigation. That did not happen. But what has to happen? That to is that. because negligence. To everybody that is because the mm-hmm. WWE exactly. stood back and said, we have a show to go on. We cannot, we cannot uh, uh, afford or, or however they justified it. The people paid their money, whatever this bullshit They're in is. the middle of a war. There was, people that were, there was people that were in the stands, that were fans watching that program, 
and couldn't understand for the life of them why that show went on. They would have been happy to leave because of the respect that would have been paid for that. The but ring just was that broken. Alone, just that. Yes. Yeah, it was broken. Exactly. It was blood all over. So there's more. Can I ask you a question? Can you even find that pay-per-view on the on the network? Hmm? Can you find it? Watch it. Well, no, I don't. Part, you can't. You can't on the network. No, you can't on the network. You got to go on YouTube or whatever streaming. This is another example of WWE sweeping shit under the rug like nothing happened like well let's it's a stain but let's cover it up right exactly i'm so if, fucking sick of wwe doing that shit yeah they're so proud of that pay-per-view and wanted the fucker to go on to keep the fucker on the network then or you're saying what you right. did was actually wrong you're admitting it either way you fucking lose that's the whole thing right he fell from it, the sky the fucking ring broke there's blood all over the ring this isn't a ufc match but in that no. middle of the time vince goes hmm he'll probably make it Nothing bad happens in wrestling. Also, we can't cancel the show because we're in the middle of a fucking war and we can't afford to lose the money. And A, we can't really afford to lose a pay-per-view because that might give him the edge. So instead, just fucking And then that's forward. why his answer was, Miss, I don't like your tone because he didn't mm -hmm. have a fucking answer for his actions. All he could say was, yeah. look, I'm a businessman. This was a business decision. But he can't say that because yeah. then it makes him look like he's insensitive to the situation. And that's so why he the didn't update, know what to say. Exactly, and that's why the update to JR was, uh, JR, he's dead, and you're back in 10, nine, oh, I know. eight. Can you even imagine? And then he's gotta go on. Well, I mean, it's clear in this story who the heel is and who the baby face is, and uh, I don't even feel comfortable saying it because uh, the WWE is completely the heel, but you do you, baby.